Hello, hello, and welcome to FSU Conversation, where we highlight FSU School of Communication, its students, alumni, and happenings in the industry. We're your host, McKinnon Bell. And Molly DeCry. I'm a graduate student in Media Communication Studies. And I'm a senior currently working towards a Media Communication Studies and Editing Writing and Media degree. We're both Directors Ambassadors for the School of Communication. On this episode of FSU Conversation, we are discussing navigating communication careers in the arts with alumni Laura Sayer. Laura, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast for FSU Conversation. And I just wanted to start off by asking, for our podcast guests who don't already know you, could you take a moment to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. It's really crazy that I'm here. I, McKinnon, and you asked me to come on and I was like, me? I just graduated. But uh, for everyone who doesn't know me, hi, I'm Laura Sayer. I am bachelor's class of 2021, um, media communication studies and minors in English and film studies. And then I just graduated this past spring with my master's in public interest media and communication. And then I did the graduate certificate in digital video production. Try saying all of that three times fast. I just graduated and I recently started as the director of communications for the Brevard Symphony Orchestra. We are the only fully professional orchestra in Brevard County, Florida. So we serve the whole Brevard County area. So up in Titusville, Cape Canaveral, all the way down to almost Vero Beach. And we also work with the Vero Beach Opera to put together programming as well. And so a lot of my job is um, like with any nonprofit wearing a ton of hats. So I'm a social media manager. I am a marketer. I am a graphic designer. I am a content creator. I am a PR person. I am in media relations. I do a lot of stuff. Oh, and I also do ad sales for our season program book. And I also put that program book together, which is also why I tie in graphic design. During my time at FSU, I was involved in two organizations, primarily the Swing Dance Club at FSU and the Fencing Club at FSU. In my undergrad, I was more involved in leadership in the fencing club, and I really didn't get into the swing dance club until I was in my grad school years. Um, But I was in both uh, during my time at FSU, and I love both dearly. Shout out to the fencing club and the swing dance club. I'm sure we will talk more about that later. Um, But yeah, I'm just super happy to be here and happy to chat with you and have students, faculty, staff, anyone interested in listening in hear what I have to say. Well, fabulous. Thank you for introducing yourself, Laura. So as you mentioned, you are a busy gal and you were so involved during your time here. You're super involved now at your current job. Can you tell us a little bit of how life has been post-graduation, especially as somebody who spent so long just like doing school? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I will say the adjustment to working life versus school life has been very different. It's weird because everyone's posting back to school things. And this is my first time in six years that I have not been going back to Tallahassee and back to school at FSU. So that in and of itself is a little weird to me. But ultimately, I'm really happy with how life is going. Um, It's been a really big learning experience. I think in school, we're we're all about, okay, we're going to learn this skill or we're going to learn how to do this writing assignment or, you know, you're going to create this project or this project of your interest. 
I think when we talk about the working world, we don't talk about how much you are still learning. And so even though, you know, I'm no longer a student per se at FSU or any other higher ed institution, I am still a student in life. I'm still a student in graphic design. I didn't really do much graphic design in both my undergrad and grad school. I'm not a graphic designer by trade by any means. That is what I became in my my job is because that's just the necessity. And I have some visual design elements and I bring that in and I'm able to use the resources I have to create something like that. Well, first I wanna say, I completely understand where you're coming from. I took a little break between undergrad and starting my master's program where I was working and that adjustment is really hard. And I think even just like A, the learning and the things that come at you that you may not have learned previously, but also the environment. Like I was so used to being surrounded by like my peers all the time. And especially for you, someone who was so like deeply ingrained in FSU for so many years and really involved in swing dance and fencing. I know you have a few other passions in there too I'm about to hint at. Um, But it was so weird not having students around me all the time because the student mentality and the student community is such a unique one that I really have not found like outside of a school setting. And like your coworkers can be great and lovely people that you enjoy spending time with and working with every day, but it's just a different community and environment and adjusting to that can be hard sometimes. And you kind of look back and you're like, oh, that's why everyone says college was so lovely. And I also know, as we touched on some of your hobbies, that you also have a passion for the arts. Swing dance, obviously, fencing, I do consider an art, a sport art. Um, And you also have a a little theater kid in you. I do know this. I know this from knowing you. Um, And even have you've done some projects that I got to be privy to, like writing some plays, recommending plays for the class to go see, uh, which I love because podcast listeners, I was also a theater kid. And that little theater kid is still in me. (laughs) The little theater kid never leaves you. And so I just wanted to ask with this passion and this background that you have with working in the arts and now that you actually have like a career in communicating for the arts what drew you in this direction how did you know you wanted to like meld that passion and your education together absolutely so first of all i i guess i should say what is a communications major if not a theater kid persevering absolutely. you know what i mean I know so many communication majors that were theater kids, music students, band kids, orchestra kids, you know, all growing up, like this is what a lot of us did. For me, I was in choir fourth grade through 12th grade. I was a theater kid. I was in every school play and musical from fifth grade through 12th grade. And I actually just recently joined the Brevard Community Chorus. So I will be singing coincidentally with the orchestra I work for, for some of our concerts this upcoming season. So it's definitely interesting. Um, And it's just an interesting pattern that I've noticed. I also have written plays. I know I took special topics in communication, uh, queer studies with McKinnon and Dr. Donna Nudd, shout out to Dr. D, I love her. 
If you're able to take a class with her before she retires, absolutely do it, especially queer studies. That was the highlight of my semester, my final semester of grad school. It was incredible. But I actually wrote a play about something that happened to me in high school when we did The Little Mermaid and I played Flounder. And Flounder had a crush on Ariel, but because I'm a girl, that kind of got written out because I went to a Catholic high school. So they, they were like, we can't, like, that's not, you know. And so I wrote a play based on that experience. And if anyone wants to read the play, hit me up. It needs to some serious re revisions, but I'm definitely happy to share it. And what drew me to work for the arts is my love of the arts. So even though I did not pursue a music degree or a theater degree, or any fine arts education, I still really cared about arts and especially how art impacts communities and the communities around us, whether that was in Tallahassee, whether that's here, whether that's my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. I've just always felt a really strong connection to the arts and the impact that it left on my life and how especially arts education can impact others. And so I really wanted to, if the position was available, I wanted to be able to give back in a way to different communities. Since art had such a big impact on me and I have these skills in communications, due to my background as both a filmmaker um, and in social media, I knew that I had certain tools that would be appealing to a wider range of industries. And you know, when I was applying for jobs, I did apply to a bunch of different industries and agencies and everything from big corporations down to the smallest nonprofits. There was a little bit of luck involved when I entered the job that I am in now. There was the opening for the job. There was me moving down to Brevard County to the Melbourne area. And there was someone just with the need for my skill set in particular. And so the, that combination of two things really pushed me into going into arts admin for sure. Going along with, you said that there was luck involved, obviously, but also it's very clear that you have many skills and be it in the arts, in communication and admin, stuff like that. What skills did you learn while here at FSU, be it from the School of Comm, from your involvements that have helped you out the most in your new role? I have learned a lot from FSU that is helping me in my new role. I think the biggest thing is just being more comfortable putting myself out there even though I'm a pretty extroverted person, it's still hard to go to a networking event or go to be in a social situation that you don't know anyone and you need to advocate for yourself, whether it's at a job fair. I went to job fairs by myself at FSU. And even though I didn't necessarily get jobs or it was just practice for me on some level, I still had that experience of, okay, I can talk to a total stranger and be totally fine and totally calm, not be anxious about it, not be nervous about it, not, you know, want to throw up after or anything like that. So I would say that was probably one of the biggest skills. Also, I TA'd for public speaking with Dr. Nisha Lawrence, but I TA'd for her for all of, actually not all of my semesters of grad school, I TA'd for her class three out of four of the semesters that I was a TA. And then I also TA'd for Mark Ziegler my first semester. So I taught public speaking four times. And so I was also constantly practicing my public speaking skills, especially to a bunch of undergrads. And I know I don't look very old at all. Uh, I, I crack the joke a lot that I look way younger than I am. 
but you know, to, on some level, I felt very insecure. Like I'm really, these students who I'm talking to aren't that much younger than me, but I'm still in that position of power. So I, it was very nerve wracking for me on some level. And so that really helped me out too. It's talking to people, even though when I'm nervous and talking to groups of people, which I've had to do in my job now where I go to a networking event and, you know, I introduce myself. I say, I'm Laura Sayer. I'm with the Brevard Symphony Orchestra, or I talk to the board of directors at the general meeting. And that's 30 plus people in a room. And these are all people who are highly involved in the orchestra and are important, both donors and they really work and fight for us to get our funding that the public speaking skill and the interpersonal speaking skill would be the top one, I think. However, I also did learn other skills such as content creation. So both video creation, shout out to Malia Brooker and Dr. Brian Graves. And I also learned social media management skills, Dr. Arian for shows um, and Dr. Catherine Gale's um, social media campaigns class because I took it twice, once in undergrad, once in grad school. I don't know if I actually needed to do that. I think I just did it and didn't question it, but I'm glad I got both instructors. They're both amazing. And I highly recommend that class, but those are the skills I kind of built. So those are the big classes that stick out to me that I actively use in building social media campaigns, in thinking of content creation ideas, thinking of graphics that I can use and also, if I edit photos, I, you know, hear Malia Brooker's voice in my brain, like, keep it subtle, don't go too crazy with it, because that was something that she taught us in the digital video class, Foundations of Digital Media. I love the shout outs to all the professors, almost all of which I've had. Um, I'm actually in social media campaigns right now with Dr. Dale. And for our dedicated listeners who are listening, she will be coming on as a podcast guest this semester so that has been confirmed very exciting about that so if you like this little sneak peek that laura just dropped here take a listen later in the semester but yes i completely agree with everything that you're saying um being a ta i think is such an invaluable experience especially teaching public speaking i think you can learn about public speaking a lot, like when you are public speaking and taking a course, but for any students that are interested in TAing in public speaking, which is like a school communication TA role, that's a great opportunity because it teaches you a lot, like Laura is saying, really about the fundamentals of it. And I love how you rolled that into like what you're currently doing now and talking to the board of directors. That's, yeah, that's impressive. That is graduated director of communication things like <laughs> and it's interesting too because my predecessor did it before she left so I haven't done it yet but I will have to present a marketing plan for the next season probably sometime in March or April so I have to kind of start thinking ahead on a more strategic level so working on that strategic communication as well and I will also have to present on that and a lot of our board doesn't really have a strong understanding of social media. So I will also be having the additional challenge of explaining specific things with social media and how they can best be utilized for our audience as well. And I think it's a really challenging thing, like breaking down social media, especially that was one of my challenges when I was in the workforce is some of the older generations, right, obviously haven't grown up on social media like we have. I mean, the three of us in this chat have had it 
pretty much all of our lives there's been some form of social media around so a lot of that just seems to come like naturally to us um and taking that step back to figure out how to break it down and communicate that and I just can't help but wonder too that like what we learn in social media campaigns obviously is highly relevant now it's going to help us in our career it helps us to think ahead but like what are they going to be teaching 15 years from now that we are just like out of the loop on you know trying to keep up with social media is forever evolving faster than I think we can keep up with it so props to you for figuring out how to communicate that professionally and you've hit on some of this as you've gone through your previous questions but I really just wanted to like hone in on what advice would you give recent or soon-to-be graduates looking for a job I think the biggest piece of advice I could give to someone who's looking for a job that is either about to graduate college or has already graduated and is still looking, I would say a couple things, actually. I would say be yourself because attitude is everything. You can learn Google ads. You can learn Google analytics. You can learn all of those hard skills, but you can't learn how to have a good attitude and to be true to yourself as well. So that would be the first thing I would say. My second piece of advice is have tenacity. You have to keep going and it stinks. Maybe you've applied for, for like 50 jobs. I know because I've done it. I've sent my resume out to a bunch of people have, and haven't even gotten a response even to this day. And I applied for jobs. I think I started applying for jobs back in April, maybe March actually, and have still heard nothing back from those companies. So you just have to keep going and then eventually something will happen. Absolutely. Having a good attitude, extremely important. I'm like so scared to graduate at this point, but I just know I just got to keep going. If I just, if I just have a smile on my face, I'm going to make it. That's how I feel at this point. That's yeah. what I'm telling myself. Um, so sort of in that same vein about like getting a job, post-grad, all those sort of anxieties and being soothed by advice. Um, what sort of advice do you have for students who are trying to find their passions within that sort of communication field, sort of how you mesh those things together? You gave great advice about just like going out into the workforce, but what about for students who are like, I have these passions and I like have this like communication sort of degree thing. How do I put these things together? Yeah, I think the best way to meld your passions in your professional life, your career is to see where they intersect in the workforce in terms of industry. So I knew I was interested in a lot of different things, but I knew that I was especially interested in the performing and fine arts. So I looked specifically for jobs um, on individual websites, on LinkedIn. I did a lot of digging. I was like, are there any people hiring in this field for communications in an industry that I am interested in? So that almost seems obvious, but I think for me, it was something that I didn't even initially think about until I really started looking. And I was like, oh, the Brevard Symphony Orchestra is hiring. That would be really cool. That would be awesome, actually. And that's how I pursued it that way. And then I would also say, too, for students who are struggling to even find their passion, right? Because it's overwhelming. It is incredibly overwhelming to try and find something that you love, but that's not going to burn you out. Right. And like, that's, de- that's constantly something that everyone is juggling, I think. But I think going out and exploring 
and finding what you like. It's putting yourself out there. And that's terrifying. It's scary, but it will be worth it. I promise. So for me, I also applied for a job with USA Fencing because I have a fencing background, like I said earlier, and they were hiring, I think, some communications role. And I applied to that. And I didn't hear anything back from it, but uh, it was definitely something that I would have not have ever thought to do if I didn't already have that background knowledge of fencing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a lot of exploration, but this is the time to explore. You are surrounded by so many people in college, um, so many clubs, especially at FSU. We have, I think, I don't know if we've hit the thousand mark in clubs yet, but we definitely have hundreds of registered student organizations to go and check out. And I'll add on to that too. I love that you brought up how you think it might be obvious, but maybe it's not that obvious to like look for that intersection. Because I think a lot of the time people have passions, like your passion in the arts, for example. What is the one thing you always hear back for your arts? You'll never make money doing that. You can't, you can't have a career doing that. You know, you find these niche little things that people think aren't going to be successful or aren't going to lead anywhere and I love how you have been able to take this passion and your love and your long-term commitment to the arts and turn it into this career in communications in which you seem to be thriving in already so congrats it's so exciting to see how you've been doing post-grad and I would say too like you bring up clubs on campus it's a great way to get involved but even looking at internships I think too like those little passions beforehand or volunteer experience even moving off campus like take those interactions if you're like Laura and you're like I've always loved theater maybe I'll volunteer you know my time to make some graphics for this nonprofit little theater company over the summer and see if I like that because I think sometimes it melds really well and other times people want to keep like hobbies and work separate depending on who you are or how much the industry demands and you know one bad experience isn't determined at all but I think it's definitely something worth exploring because you want a job that's going to make you feel fulfilled and connected and inspired and if your passions already do that melding that with your job seems like a pretty good idea to me and so Laura we have one last question for you before we move into some fun rapid fire questions and it is kind of going back to what you were talking about when you were saying how you applied to so many jobs right after graduation and you didn't hear back from some and some weren't working out. Did you feel a pressure to immediately enter the workforce after graduation? I did feel some pressure to to immediately enter the workforce, especially as a grad student, you know, and especially as someone who I don't really plan on getting a PhD mad respect to all PhD students, especially the PhD students in the School of Calm. But I knew a PhD wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do. So it was definitely like, okay, school is over. What's next? And especially because my partner got a job already too. I feel like that also added pressure. And I do think a lot of it was self-imposed. Some people were like, you don't have to worry about it right away. But you know, between my partner already having a job and a lot of my friends also having jobs lined up as well. And also wanting to be able to make money and pay, pay rent, pay for food, pay for living. Essentially. I did feel a lot of pressure, 
And that's why I really started applying back in like March. I think I might've applied to a couple positions in February too. Um, but I did feel some pressure for sure. I just remember you applying while we were still in school in the spring. And I think that's something a lot of students feel and resonate with. And that's why I really wanted to bring it up on this podcast because you shouldn't feel alone in that. And that stress of trying to find a job and those outstanding applications shouldn't overly weigh on you because it's something we all go through. Yeah. You're not alone. If you're applying for jobs right now, if you're also applying to internships and you either get rejected or you're in the process, you're not alone. We all unfortunately go through it. Um, but you can make it out the other side. You just have to keep going as much as that stinks. Just keep going. Appreciate that. Thanks guys. Needed that hugely. Loving it. You're welcome. Well, thank you for answering our fun, serious questions. Now we're doing the fun questions. So, rapid fire. Laura, what is your favorite place to swing dance? You know, let's hear it. Oh, man. So, I have three different answers for three different cities. Oh, and I just can't wait. So, Jacksonville, where I grew up. Bold City Swing Dance. Amazing group of swing dancers. Love them. If you're ever in the Jacksonville area, or if you are from Jacksonville... I know we have so many Jacksonville people in Tallahassee. I don't know why, but I say as a Jacksonville person who went to FSU, but Bold City Swing in Jacksonville, then the FSU Swing Dance Club, forever and always in Tallahassee. The Legion is a close second. The Legion on Tuesday nights also has some swing dance, but um, with a beautiful wooden dance floor and a live jazz band, they're awesome. But I got to say... FSU Swing Dance Club. And then in Melbourne, there is Heidi's Jazz Club in Cocoa Beach. I have not been yet, but I've heard fantastic things. So any Brevard people listening to this, they already know Heidi's Jazz Club is the place to go for swing dance. But if you're ever thinking of visiting Heidi's, for sure. For sure. Love that. That is so fun. And then the next one, there's been a lot of, you know, blockbuster movies coming out, things uploaded Netflix, even old movies you may find on streaming services. So, Laura, what is the best movie you've seen recently? Barbie, period. Of course. Duh, duh. <laughs> uh, Oppenheimer was good, too. I, I, I did do the Barbieheimer, but I did it over two days because I work full-time now. So I Friday night was Barbie. Oppenheimer was Saturday night. Both were good. Barbie is something I see myself rewatching over and over again. I, um, when the first time I saw it, I was by myself. And within the first three minutes, I started crying because I was so excited. And I think uh-huh. the only male in the theater was seated next to me. And I just remember him looking over at me being like, girl, are you okay? And I was like, I'm so much better than okay. No, I'm towards the end of the life. film, I did cry. I did fully cry in the theater. And my partner next to me, he's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Yeah. I was like, you'll never get it, but thank you for being here. Yes. Appreciating that. Okay. So other than that, we love that. What would be, I understand if this takes you a minute to think about. So if you don't off the top of the dome, it's okay. Um, Your best or your favorite FSU school of calm memory that comes to mind. It is a thinker. I'm six years, guys. <laughs> six years. The answer is me. <laughs> the answer is me and queer studies. I think my favorite memory, sincerely, is queer studies with Dr. D. Five of us were School of Communications majors, both graduate 
and doctoral. And then one college of education student, shout out to Derek, can't wait for you to get your degree. I think it was just the community that we forged in that class was just something that I, especially with the pandemic and, you know, graduating college in 2021, where that whole, my whole senior year was online pretty much. And then, you know, COVID really impacted my collegiate experience. Like it did many of the people listening to this in the high school experience of some people listening to this. And so just really forging that tight knit community was incredible. It was great. It was great. I can agree because I was there and I miss that class dearly every day of this semester as I am still a student in the School of Calm and having that class has left a little six person size hole in my heart. I just saw that Club Down Under is having a queer trivia night and how badly I want everyone from that class to just like recongregate for that. That would have been one of our class events had it happened in the spring if only. I think about you all all the time because that class was truly so close to my heart and we are actually going to have Hannah on the podcast as well. I'm just slowly going to work through and pull all the <laughs> podcast guests from Queer Studies class. Um, and now I've Absolutely. revealed two upcoming guests on this podcast. I'm really shouting this out. Oh my God. This is a big episode, guys. There's no better way yeah. to start season four than with some reveals for the rest of the season. And Laura, yes. thank you so much for being our first episode of season four. I cannot tell you how much this means to me and how special it was to be able to bring you back on, like to have little chit chats again and to kick off a new season with Molly, our new co-host, which is so much fun. And so for everyone listening, I really hope you had as much fun listening and connecting with us today as I had with these two. And please stay tuned for those little episodes I was shouting out throughout this episode. It is so exciting. Laura, is there anything else you would like to say? I think the only thing I can say is go Knowles. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's the appropriate response. Well, Laura, thank you again so much. And I really look forward to seeing where your postgrad journey takes you now that you're no longer at FSU.